Welcome to episode 3 of Expressions. I know I missed a few Tuesdays, but I promise to explain on episode 4 that will be titled Break Down. I'm super excited to be back in your ear today with my favorite lady duo. They are a mother and daughter who make me hopeful about motherhood someday and honestly just give me so much hope for mankind and the next generation. Although they both have beautiful, amazing passions and they're both fighting to eradicate human trafficking and human exploitation, today our conversation is actually going to be focused on social media and mental health and how the heck to raise a young person in this social media frenzy culture. Well, ladies, we can start by just letting you introduce yourselves. Yes. Hi, I'm Cece. I'm the founder of A21 Freedom Chasers here in San Antonio. We're a nonprofit organization that fights against human trafficking. And your cat's mom. I am. (laughs) (laughs) And hi, I'm Catherine. I'm a freshman at UTSA. I'm an art major and I'm also in the LIT program for Youth for Christ here in San Antonio. I'm super excited that y'all decided to have this conversation with me because one, being a young person in the social media culture, no generation before your generation had to grow up like literally in the face of social media. And so on your end, you were raised in this generation Mm -hmm. and having to be parented. And so I wanted to really invite y'all both to share your voice because Cece, you had to raise this Xer, I believe you're an Xer, right? You're a Generation X. Is yes. that what you are? Yes, ma'am. And yes, ma'am. <laughs> you old millennial. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I think something that I love about your social media presence is you have this super creative, cool way of being yourself, and you post really feminine, beautiful photos of you. But it doesn't feel like you're constantly putting thirst traps out into the social media world, and so. I, one, want you to, like, kind of share how do you make those decisions about what you feel comfortable posting, what you don't? Mm-hmm. Is it because you know your mom's going to see it? Do you feel like she ever micromanaged your social media? Um, and then, obviously, CC, you can tell us if you stalked her or what parenting her kind of looked like. But, Kat, can you just share a little bit about your your relationship with social media and how growing up mm-hmm. having social media has is a part of your life. Yeah. Um, I think it definitely started with becoming more confident, like, I guess, in myself. Because I guess, like, I mean, I was really bullied when I grew up. And I never really saw myself, like, a certain way. And... How old were you when you got I, social media? Literally, like, I was in fourth grade. <laughs> wow. I was like 11. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like of course, that. it started yeah. with just, like... Because I've always loved photography and just yeah. stuff with, like, my iPod or yeah. anything like that. Growing up with an iPod is insane. And then I think um, I really use it as a way to, like, express myself. Or, like, what I was thinking is, like, express the side of me that no one really sees. And yeah. I think that's that's why I love social media so much. Because, like, th- there's good and bad sides to it. Because I feel like a lot of people judge based on social media, which mm-hmm. is de- which can definitely be, like, unhealthy to a certain extent. But also, like, it's given me a lot of freedom to show how I see myself. And I think I do get, like, a certain amount of respect from that. Yeah. And, yeah, because there is definitely a difference between, like, there is a line between, like, showing a certain, like, I guess, 
certain things. You know what yeah. I mean? So what are, like, you're saying there's good things about social and then there's bad things. Could For you sure. maybe give me, like, one thing that you think, um, you said kind of expressing yourself, like, yeah. through your photography or your friendships or what? Yeah. Could you give me, like, one thing that you think is good about social? For sure. Um, me, it gave me a lot of, it gave me a platform, I guess, to, like, be oh, creative. That's a great word. Yeah, yeah, a platform to be creative because I think, I mean, I always felt, like, creative in a sense ever since I was little and I guess being able to like share like some of my like my vision I guess like the way I see myself or the way I see things in the world like photography in general it gave me a place to like share that because like obviously I can just share it with my family or like my close friends but um showing the world that it's like it's a it's it's a good feeling that's true I think photography used to be like you had to get like a gallery opening or you had to you know have to have these very like tangible ways of showing Mm -hmm. your photography but now Mm -hmm. your Instagram can be like your own gap like photo gallery without having to and meeting mutuals too like that's good for sure yeah meeting mutuals that also have the same interest and like have the same views of the world it's it's nice to like have like a small like little army of people that like are on your side I guess yeah that's so what's a negative that you think is you know the haunting of of social media um there's kind of a lot um I would say if you meet someone or something like you're gonna want to see the social media because I think it gives you like a little bit more of a sense of like the person and I guess like it can be, like, a good thing to, like, get to know someone more, but it can also be super misleading. We can definitely judge people, like, way too much, so I guess it's, like, a self-control sort of thing, and, like, human connection is always going to be better, in my opinion. Yeah. I just think uh, social media just opens, like, the platform for people, like, creative people and people that, you know, have a voice and that they want to use it and exercise it. Yeah, that's, I think that's a huge part of, like, how to show your personality on social media, but yeah. not let it be your life. Yeah. Cause um, I, or I feel like a lot of people like base me off my social media, which is like, it's a, it's a weird feeling, but it's like a good feeling, I guess. Or how would I, um, I think that, I think it's like, I mean, your mom and I are like way older than you, but yeah. we have to definitely figure out how to be the leaders of our organizations that we are we're still normal people we're still women Uh um but how to not be perceived (laughs) as perfect or not be perceived as like constant constantly happy I think that's what for sure um like being real but then also there's like the comparison thing that you have to guard your mind with right Uh and then yeah the danger of like there's evil people yeah yeah just all of it and now like being a leader it's kind of I have to be careful, you know, like, way more self, like, um, like, realizing your influence. Yeah, for sure, and I, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I think influence is a responsibility, Mm -hmm. and I think people can, can believe, like, oh, I only have, you know, a thousand followers. It's not that big of a deal, but Mm -hmm. it's, like, that's potentially a lot of eyes that will be swayed by your choices or not. Um, but then it's also like still finding the freedom to be yourself mm-hmm. and to express yourself and yeah. not worry. Like it's still your platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it's a, it's definitely just a constant. So how peddling to the more of like parenting a, a person in the generation of social media, 
fourth grade is pretty young, honestly. When, yes. when I never imagined that you would have said that young because yeah. I kind of know uh, CC and I know. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're very strong in boundaries. You're very. Uh, you have very strong beliefs about the things that you believe in. So, uh, especially being so in the know of human trafficking, what made you, one, allow her to have a social media that young? And what were the boundaries that you set? Like, did you have her password? Did you, like, you know, have full authority over checking her phone? Like, what did that look like at four, in fourth grade and then into her, like, being a young young adult now? Right, right. Well, I mean, it was it was not, like, an easy decision for me. I'll, I'll be quite honest, right? It was having to pray through that and am I doing the right thing? These these were things that, like, our parents didn't have to deal with, yes, right? So it's, yes. it's brand new to everybody, and you are opening them up to a whole world that, really, you've never experienced. Mm-hmm. So it's trusting. Um, when she first started on social media, we did, we I wrote out a contract, mm-hmm. and I made her read it <laughs> and sign it. I forgot about the contract. <laughs> oh, my we gosh. We all signed it. Um, we prayed. It, I mean, it was a very formal thing yeah. for me, and I took it very seriously. She did not. She failed a thousand times, but it's it, gave me, it, yeah, it gave me a good opportunity to understand, one, the person that she was becoming, two, um, just the, the reality of this is the way life is going to be, period. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, you know, keep her locked up in her room. And I, it doesn't matter how much I avoid social media. It's mm-hmm. going to be a topic that comes up over and over. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of rethinking these this contract. It's rethinking the new rules and the new boundaries. And so, I mean, we failed a bunch of times. But then I think we got into this really good groove. I had full access to her social media accounts um, on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I had her account on my phone. And, I mean... We failed at that, too. There was lots of times where, you know, we, we found other, other accounts that I didn't know about. <laughs> what are those called? Uh, I did want to talk about oh, those. Spam, spam accounts. Spam accounts. Or they're called something new now where you have, like, an account oh, that's like only for your friend. Finsta. I mean, I don't use that term. but like, Yeah. But it's out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, it's a whole a thing. thing. But honestly, I feel like a big part of it was just, like, communication right and I was gonna get to that like I think that at some point when she was old enough to really see for herself the ugliness of social media and the way that some people one would use it in ways to like bully each other or in in ways to like put themselves out there and be promiscuous you know behind a camera um I think she began to understand like okay mom's doing this for my for my good right Mm. and we set good boundaries um, I, I kind of loosened a little bit of the control. Um, I was always in the background, like mm-hmm. watching her account, watching to see who was DMing her and why, mm-hmm. who she was accepting as friends. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I would ask like, who is this person and how far away is your relationship with them? Yeah. And, and then she would come to the term where she's, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't be following them or they should be following me. And she just flat out because she knew what I did and I talked about it on a regular basis and she saw the reality, like me mentoring young girls who had survived sex trafficking that started by being lured online. Yeah. She saw that firsthand. She saw the devastation that they had gone through, through my telling her like, this is real. And it it was one Mm -hmm. mistake. It was one answering yes to a DM and now their lives are forever changed. Right. And, and I think she started to kind of connect pieces in her own mind to where I could trust her more. And she just, 
on her own started blocking people started you know noticing like yeah this is not a real person who has good interest in me I'm not even gonna entertain this and then she started to tell her friends too so it was like it became this like really beautiful and of course like I'm a faith believer so always praying yeah (laughs) always praying like lord you know, you guard her online as much as you guard her in person. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, Catherine too, like, uh, I think sh- her praying for God to show her who she was in him was mm, huge. For like, sure. Yeah. I think once she knew her worth in Christ, it I didn't have to do the so work. much. Yeah. And, and I, I would, like, want to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And it became this beautiful, like, communication where she would come to me on her own and either ask questions or fess up. Mm-hmm. And and I, I had to learn to not be like, why did you do that? Yeah. And be like, yeah. wow, okay, let's talk. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. it, it, it was, yeah, it was changing for me too. As a parent, I've learned more from her and her brother than parenting books or even how I grew up. It, yeah. It's just, it's, it's beautiful if you allow yourself to learn as a parent and be taught by your children who are experiencing this firsthand. Mm-hmm. It really does change things. Like So it, it's become like a mutual, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we learn from each other type thing. Yeah, I love that you brought up her seeing the stories of girls being victimized, girls mm-hmm. being lured out. Because I think that's a big reason why I champion for parents to go to the walk, yeah. to go and join these movements about human trafficking, about human, um, what's the word I'm trying to find? When they're like abuse, uh, not the word, coerced, but like exploitation, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, I think so many times we're so scared to have those conversations with our young people, like, right. because it becomes a conversation of don't go to the party don't accept this person, don't, it becomes a list of don't, 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 versus when we take them to become advocates, right, they're learning, hey, I want to, I want to help someone else understand that DMs can be sketchy, so that doesn't mean don't ever accept a DM, it means understand the the warning signs of a dm yeah understand the warning signs of a somebody inviting you to a random party yeah. understand so that allows young people mm-hmm. and i think that's why i wanted to make this episode so bad because i think parents are sometimes scared to talk to their kids right. about this but if we allow young people to become advocates we give them all the warning signs that we want them to have mm-hmm. but we empower them to be advocates versus like potential victims. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so different like than kids being lured like by a candy bar on the side of the street. Mm-hmm. Right. That used to be stranger danger type thing. But mm-hmm. there's a whole new stranger danger online now yeah. that we need to learn. Yeah. And actually our kids can teach us more than because you know, I don't get half the DMs that my daughter gets mm. from complete strangers. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be my sugar baby, you want to, you know, I'm a sugar daddy, I'm a sugar mom, blah, 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 yeah. or you're beautiful, and, you know, it's just like, at the, at the right moment, if you're posting about, hey, I had a rough day, mm-hmm. to a young girl, that's, like, I'm beautiful, oh my gosh, that's like yeah. awesome. Or free money, I think, yeah, because yeah. girls know what, girls and guys know what they're doing, and they know what they're facing, it's just like, a matter of like, knowing your worth, and knowing just what's wrong, and what can you the unknown is scary and not yeah. knowing, like, not knowing, like, the statistics of, like, human trafficking and what that entails. Yeah. Yeah. And that it, it happens, like, it starts online. It, sure. it doesn't start, like, people think, like, 
kidnapping. I mean, that is some people's story, but mm-hmm. the majority of the time, it yeah. happens on social media, in a DM, in a private message. And that one picture, yeah. that one picture can end up places that you never thought yeah. can be shared however many thousand times and you wouldn't know. Yeah, I think that's the... And I, I think sometimes this conversation becomes about how do we protect our girls, but... And there's this whole wave of, like, the sugar baby culture. Like, I literally, as soon as my social media showed, I'm single. I have never gotten so many sugar baby requests in my life. And I was just fascinated by, like, if you're in a struggle, like, say I couldn't make my rent or I couldn't make my car payment or something. Like, in the moment, I think I'm mature enough and, like, trust the Lord to to help me out figure it out to hustle my way out of it but I thought man if I was a little younger or I was a little less understanding of my worth or a little more scared of my financial situation would I accept that $500 a month request or something like that and then I'll, and that's like the part where it's a girl problem but I've heard so much such tragic stories of of girls victimizing boys online by luring them to and if you're a parent and you're listening with your younger kid this is not a pg-13 version um but like girls will start a relationship with a normal boy so you think you're talking to a normal girl then they will pretty much make the boy masturbate over the camera Mm -hmm. and they will screen record them and then they will um blackmail them like hey you better send me so much money or I'm gonna post this video or I'm gonna send it to so and so and so now I mean human trafficking has never just been a gender issue but now there's this wave of boys being victimized in a way that I never had imagined and so this isn't just a like girls take care of yourselves conversation this Mm -hmm. is like people in general Human trafficking has no respect for gender, and in many cases, you don't know if that girl on the other side of the screen that's asking this of you is also a trafficked victim who's being manipulated and coerced by a trafficker to ask for this. And that the whole that whole scenario is what is exploitation. That yeah. is what it's called. People are smart. Right. They're smart. Yeah. And I've seen this happen. I, I mean, I've seen this happen with an entire football team yeah. and they were being exploited over PlayStation Live. Yeah. Because wow. yeah, a young girl was asking for nudes. She now had all this stuff, but she was being controlled by a trafficker. Yeah. yeah. And they were, you know, coerced into meet me at this house every Friday at this time, what trafficked them all weekend. Whoa. And eventually the one of the kids ended up committing suicide, wrote everything in a suicide note, and that's how his parents found out. That's, oh, how, wow. that's how they were freed. But it, it would have just been easier if they would have just known that this happens and never have gotten themselves into the situation. Um, because they will threaten to, like, if you don't do this for the pictures, I know where you live, or I'm mm-hmm. going to tell your mom, or I'm going to post it all, so, all over social media. I mean, and social media is kind of like Kat said, your platform, right? Mm-hmm. If they post and tag you, like, that's devastating. You think about, that's not a, maybe a problem for me as an adult, but for them, it's yeah. devastating. It's huge. It'll crush you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the, I don't want to 
I don't want people to hear this conversation and think like, oh my God, I should delete my Instagram and like just forget about in, like social media and like That's move into a desert, right? Yeah. Like I feel like I don't want people to hear that. Um, we're just inviting y'all to understand there are these pockets of cruelty and evil, like seeking out the weakest link. Mm-hmm. And how do we allow Instagram to, or not just Instagram, like TikTok, Snapchat, whatever, to be... For us to use them how we choose, right, not yes. for them to own us. And right, I think yeah. so much of that, following you, Kat, I think I, I get so encouraged that people can, like, express themselves and be, like, beautiful and be creative yeah. without being, like, without posting, like, thirst traps. Living with social media since you were in fourth grade, <laughs> was there ever a time that social media just started to, like, take over? Yeah, definitely. Um once I started, I guess, to grow, like, a little bit more of a platform, I definitely started to live to post, quite honestly. Like, I would go out to post. And I have this one story that I think really changed the course of, like, the way I thought and stuff. And, okay, so one time I was went to the art museum with, like, my best friend. And definitely it makes me sad like thinking about it now and I still like apologize for it a lot but we went out and we both like dressed up and stuff and it was more of like it was definitely all of like just like a pope like let's take pictures and stuff and let's look cute the whole time and like we looked at the art but it was definitely like more focused like especially like on me like I wanted pictures of me and even my friend knew that and what I took or what I still remember the most about that day is like whenever she told me straight up to like let's just take a break from the pictures and let's enjoy the scenery because it was fall like the leaves were changing and like the wind was like all crisp and it was like super pretty and like I never that's what I remember most about that day not the pictures I posted because obviously I look completely different now and having my best friend like tell me to like slow down a little bit and to actually to like live life live in yeah. the moment that's what I remember and like yeah. after that I, I really had to like take a heart check and realize like there's a difference between like living to post and then living and there's a health there is healthy like boundaries to remember like whenever you're posting every day I guess yeah there's like a difference between sharing yeah and and then sharing living for the post kind of thing yeah and even like I've had like I've posted way too much on social media before to where it's like literally unhealthy and now I look back and it's like why did I do that like yeah I was kind of like looking for like looking for something that okay I think one like it's kind of like we joke about it and we're like do it for the gram but it's also like do it for yourself yeah (laughs) and also like having these like finsta accounts I guess that's what they're called like spam accounts to where you can feel like you can you don't have to have your family on there or like your tias and stuff like that yeah and like literally posting like every part of your day like I'm not shaming anybody that, like, has anything like that, but it's, like, you know, wh- like, what are you doing it for? And, like, is is there another, like, healthier way to, like, look back on it, I guess, because, like... Healthy is such a good word uh, for social the conversation media. about social media because yeah. I think, again, it can be such a great place to, mm-hmm. like, have a platform to, yeah. to connect with people that are like-minded and, like... Mm-hmm be creative and all these things. But I think there is this conversation about mental health that we're not having because 
I see so many young people like through significant you, I think one of the things that breaks my heart all the time is like, I follow like so many of our girls Mm -hmm. and one week they'll have like a full Instagram and then like they'll have a fight with their best friend or break up with a boyfriend or something else happens and like their whole Instagram is deleted and then they like get a new group of friends and their Instagram looks super different for like another nine months and then they find another group of friends and so they delete everything and then and so I I think I struggle I'm like are they rewriting their identity every time because Mm -hmm. I think you grow like I got an Instagram probably like 10 years ago which (laughs) makes me sound old but I definitely, like, you can see the progression of my life. Like, at first, it was, like, super, like, floral and just so extra. And then, like, there's just been, like, you can tell seasons, seasons, different styles, Uh different, you know, times change. And so there have been times where I'm, like, should I just archive or delete all those photos that I don't, like, super love? But I'm, like, but that shows that I was growing and that I was, like, Living life, you know? And so, I know that you've kind of shared a little bit of the mental health aspect. Like, how, how, after you had that, like, epiphany of, like, dang, I'm living for social media, not living. How did you have that epiphany and then walk out of that and and get to where you are now? Yeah. Um, I was definitely at a point in my life, it was earlier this year, actually, so the whole museum moment that was like two years ago and earlier this year I kind of came to a place where like or I I, after after the museum I guess I was in a place of like okay like I was starting to like explore the explore the boundaries of like okay living to the difference of living to post and then I, I came to a place where like my mental health just like it was completely like shattered just with like personal things going on and like I had, I knew in my heart, like, that I had the opportunity to, like, open up a conversation about it's okay not to be okay, and this whole, like, little movement, like, started to grow, or it has been starting to grow, so I felt, like, comfortable, and, like, I decided to use my platform to, like, to talk about it and to be honest with people, because I feel like a lot of times people will just assume, like, the the absolute best of me, just be, or, like, the... Like, perceived perfection. Yeah, perceived perfection for me, when in reality, I was, like, I was a mess, and I was yeah. completely a mess, so I, I, I have... I yeah, I think it's trying to find, like, how to live your best life, Yeah, but, but also not fake life. Yeah, so I did this whole, like, mental health like photo series the first part was just like me literally like taking pictures of like myself and like the way that I perceived like my mental health at the time and saying that I'm like I'm not okay and I know that and me sharing that is like being vulnerable but like yeah it opened up a certain conversation to have with people and like to and inviting them yeah inviting them in and inviting them or telling them that it's okay like, not everything's perfect. Like, please don't think of me that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just being honest, but the feedback that, like, I guess I got from it, or, like, even the unsaid, like, feedback was just, like, super empowering. And I, like, felt like I did something good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, out of all my, you know, out of all my posts, like, that one definitely is, like, one of my favorites. Just because, like, I think people viewed me different. And, like, in a, in a good way. You know what I mean? In a more honest way. Like... I think sometimes letting people see, and we're, our joyful, happy, like, Kodak moment selves uh-huh. is us. Yeah. But then there's also this very truthful, like, uh-huh. broken struggle, like, yeah. humanity that 
is harder to portray on social media. So I think that mental health series that you did was like, I'm still the happy girl that I am, but yeah. there's also this turmoil that yeah. I'm experiencing. And and I think the reason it resonated so much is because our culture does want us to act like we're just like so beautiful and perfect and like good to get, and you know, like, not the truth. and it's not the truth. Yeah. So when, so these moments when people share their vulnerability and share their brokenness, it's like, people are like, oh my God, someone said it. And yeah. then they, they feel connected to you because yeah. you spoke truth. Yeah. And I think that's so awesome that, yeah. you know, it's how to keep that conversation going. Yeah. Cece, what was your experience with this mental health photo series as her mom and knowing that she was doing this while in her own personal struggle? Yeah, I I just, I know that once Kat became free and put this whole thought behind this project that she was doing on mental health awareness because of the the freedom that she had found, she, I, I mean, I actually saw her walk other people through finding their freedom Mm -hmm. and it was I mean I just remember as a mom there was this beautiful moment when when she pitched this idea to me I literally let her have the house I made sure (laughs) I made sure that my son and I were gone for the day and that she literally had everything she wanted to have the most inviting atmosphere for her friends to come over and be themselves Mm -hmm. and she she was fine like mom you don't have to leave but I knew how important it was for her to have this moment alone with her friends without me being there without my son being there where they could be themselves Mm -hmm. and she and her friends literally transformed our home (laughs) but it was I remember I didn't know what was going on. I didn't keep track of the time or anything, right? It it was fine with me if they were taking the pick all day. But I remember this moment where I had to come home to pick up some stuff. And I walked in, and there was worship music playing in my living room. These kids, teenagers, strumming a guitar, singing out loud. My daughter's on the other side of the kitchen. And I'm, like, getting (laughs) teary-eyed talking about this. But she's doing what God called her to do. She's snapping pictures of people they, in their, their most vulnerable moments. Yeah, in like, their own artistic ways, posing what they felt the world viewed them as or how they saw themselves entangled into this mental health crisis that they were expressing in photography. And I just had a moment with Jesus. I walked out, did what I needed to do in the home, and let her have the rest of the day. Literally, I think these kids ended up leaving at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. But I knew that it was a moment of breakthrough. And as a mom who fights against human trafficking and has had victims of human trafficking come to my living room and listen to the word of God and then watch my daughter walk other people through, I just had this whole moment as a parent where I knew, like, my home was set aside for freedom. Mm-hmm. Like it was a place where people could come and be set free. And it and it not just was other people, but it was us living yeah. in the home too. For sure. You know, it was just so amazing. And I and it was just this small thought that she had about photography. <laughs> it was, she probably still doesn't know the full impact mm-hmm. that she's made. But I remember weeks later she was telling me, and I got to see witness on social media, how even people in Germany were adopting her idea mm-hmm. and making it a thing at their schools and all over the place. I mean, it was just... And so it was cool. Beautiful. Yeah. And one cool thing to add was, like, 
a lot of the people I hadn't, some people I hadn't even met. I opened up my, like, I put it on my story to whoever wanted to join me in the project. So a lot of people, like, I didn't even know. I never even wow. met before. And they were from different schools. And I was, like, personally, I was, like, terrified because I was, like, what are they going to think of this? What if, they th what if they think it's silly? What if they're, like, afraid to be open? But, like, I made some beautiful, like, friendships. And, like, I have so much respect for, like, people and, like, getting to know more people. And, like, especially with them being, like, open to even come to my house to some person that they hadn't even met before. Yeah. And, like... There was just it was just so beautiful to like make some friendships and to be honest with each other and to be honest like honest I mean with the world like about like, yeah. how we were feeling and I'm still not even done like posting all the interviews but like I'm getting to it but I'm excited yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and now with like some time that's passed it's gonna be beautiful to like look back that's so and I think that's that's the conversation about social that there are two sides of the coin. There's sure. the scary side that we have to be mindful and be ready to fight against. Mm -hmm. But then there's such beautiful opportunity for connection, for truth, for vulnerability, sure. for and finding and, the balance. Yeah. And finding the balance of what that looks like. <laughs> uh, if you're scrolling before yeah. bed, so probably put it away. Right. Um, but also, if we're struggling, it's important to just trust someone and seek out help. And seeking help. Because, like, I mean, I had therapy like for yeah. months after that, and like, I was able to like talk to people through it that like also made me feel like okay, like it's it's fine, like therapy yeah. is okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. As like a godly parent, I think that's. I love that you brought up therapy because I think so many people are like Carmen, you just have it together, and like you yeah. go through hard things, and I'm like, yeah, but my therapist is wonderful though, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and I think sometimes people are like, but isn't it your Jesus? And I'm like, yes, it's definitely my Jesus, but yeah. I don't know how to always like hear God. Sure. Sometimes I have to like have a conversation with someone that's of sound mind, who's not involved in my chaos mm -hmm. so that they can help me like open up my picture and not be so consumed by like the current circumstance. Yeah. So as a godly parent, how I think not everybody believes in Christian counseling and, and, and meeting your children in their mental health moments. How have you seen the light in, in counseling? How have you made that choice for your family? Sure. So, I mean, I'm a single parent, right? So my children are basically stuck listening to me all day long. And, and I mean, I'll just be flat out honest. As a single parent, I have my own struggles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes taking on the struggles of teenagers is hard. It, it is so hard, especially when you're trying to keep the house going. Yeah. I mean, in every aspect, right? Financially and educationally and socially, not to mention running a nonprofit on top of that, <laughs> which I did to myself. But um, I was... I, I mean, I go to Jesus all mm -hmm. the time, right? And I have received therapy, and I've seen the fruit of that and mm -hmm. how it's allowed me to become a better parent, a better person, a better Christian. And I I think that having somebody listen to your children, loving them through some things is okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I trust, you know, when we went through the whole process, even of finding the therapist, I gave her a list of people and she picked the therapist. Mm, yeah. She, I think it was important for me to know that she had a choice in this, mm -hmm. right? She, if she didn't feel comfortable with this therapist, then it was worthless and my money was going to mm -hmm. be wasted. Mm -hmm. And so 
allow inviting her into the process and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about you talking to somebody mm-hmm. else that is not me? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think she was nervous at first, but I think she welcomed it and she was ready. And whenever she was ready, she looked at the different, I mean, she did her own exploration. She went onto their website, mm-hmm. got to read their bios. Who are they? What do they believe in? Yeah. Um, and, and she got to see this person is a Christian. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. I believe in what she believes in. Yeah. And I want to tell her my story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that was so awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I need the help. And so what's different than my teenagers needing help? So mm-hmm. I'm definitely That's not, yeah. not opposed to Christian therapy or Christian counseling. I think that God gave them a very special mission and calling. Yeah. And, and I will definitely glean from that. Yeah, and that's another thing that I think, I hope that parents hear is, like, sometimes your kids just need to talk to someone who's not you, right. and yeah. and we want them to trust their parents with everything, yeah. but it's, like, your, your parent knows so much already, yeah. and sometimes they have their own bias, and, and sometimes it takes a outside party to give your child freedom right. to express things that they don't know how to express to yeah. to you and I, and they're not even always like oh i don't want my parent to know that i did x y or z yeah. but sometimes as kids as you know like there's times that i've wanted to express something to my mom that i'm frustrated about but she's a part of the frustration yeah. so how do i not cuz i'm not saying it's my mom's fault but she's a part of it. And yeah. so how can I express something to her without hurting her feelings? Because that's not my intention. Sure. It's just she's lumped into the frustration of my current circumstance. Yeah. And so talking to my therapist allows me to be truthful, like fully truthful mm-hmm. about why something is impacting me without feeling like I have to hurt my mom's feelings. Right. Even though I'm probably going to tell my mom anyway, but I've already at least worked out the junk part. Yeah. And then able to have a more productive, life-giving conversation with my mom versus, like, mouth vomiting all over her. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, it's humbling as a parent, honestly, because I have no idea what she's going to go tell them about me Mm -hmm. and my messed up life. (laughs) And I know me. I am a a lot to deal with. I know me. So it's, it's having to give her the freedom to say you are your own person with your own thoughts with your own feelings Mm -hmm. regardless of who I am and the influence I have on you yeah right and and knowing that I have to also respect that the minute she is back in my home after therapy I have to not ask the questions Mm -hmm. and say what did y'all talk about what did you say about me or yeah you know just respecting and having boundaries and allowing her to deal with the the tools she's been given from the therapist to deal with her circumstances yeah so good yeah it is humbling it's hard but you know we as a faith believer i trust jesus over my control over my daughter and i know that if she needed therapy and she made a cry out for it then i'm going to trust that God is using this person to influence her in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that therapy is truly a, a safe place for us to express the most intimate fears, um, intimate, like, reservations. Even aspirations. I think therapy is good for everybody. It's good for parents. It's good for grandparents. It's good for <laughs> students. It's good for, everybody like, find a therapist. everybody get a therapist. Yeah. Um, I think that 
And I love that our culture is shifting sure. because I think it used to be a taboo. And, and now I remember a few years ago, my mom said, like, what am I going to do? Go to therapy? And I'm like, yes, that's what that's you should do. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we had so much breakthrough in our relationship because I went sure. through therapy. Like, I, yeah. not that I hated my mom, but I, no. I had such a hard heart towards my mom pre-therapy. Yeah. And I, I cannot imagine getting to where we are now. Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but how was your experience with therapy? actually found therapy really helpful because it allowed me to talk about my feelings because I think normally I would always like suppress them <laughs> and like not talk about it until like it got so bad that I would just like burst um, but it really helped me um, to talk to someone and someone that wasn't like a family member or like a friend and I was yeah. I had like kind of like a clean slate in a way and then also it really taught it really showed me how like my problems they as big as they felt in the moment or as overwhelming as they felt like it wasn't the end of the world and that I was gonna be okay and she had really helped me um or guide me she really had guided me through that and how to see my problems for what they are and then also she gave me tools like little papers and stuff that I could read and verses also verses to write down and stuff and that really helped me too because I could put it like in my bathroom um mirror and stuff so I could read it every morning that is seriously so awesome to hear Thanks so much for sharing a part of your story with me and for being such an awesome duo. Um, I love just being able to be in y'all's lives and, and learn from y'all. And if the Lord ever gives me a child, I hope she's like you because if she's like I was in high school, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love y'all and thank you for being the first interview on my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, <Thomas. laughs> I hope you enjoyed this short conversation about social media and mental health. If you want to learn more about A21 Freedom Chasers, Cece or Catherine, their details are in the episode notes and on my Instagram. If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to hear from you. And I would love to know if there's anyone you'd like for me to interview in the upcoming episodes. You can always connect with me on Instagram at Lydia or meet me on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com backslash Lydia where all the episode details and fun podcast details can be found. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, I hope you laughed, learned a little something new, and most importantly, were encouraged to express your most authentic self. I'll catch you on the next episode.